Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. We're going to read a few scriptures, and then we'll come back to some of these in a few moments. But it says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, just kind of decides to take everything and and make sure that he emphasizes what's going on here. The creator of the ends of the earth. And he goes on and says this, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. I'm going to speak on this topic, and it's a few scriptures away. We'll get to it in a moment. But I'm going to speak on this topic this morning, simply this. Wait on the Lord. Very familiar term and very familiar passage, very familiar phrase that is oftentimes used. But I hope I can remind you this morning that you ought to wait on the Lord. The Lord. Can you pray with me one more time and ask the Lord to help us? Lord, we love you. You see every need. You see every need beyond what we can comprehend. You're aware of it, but you also not just see it, you see the answer. You see the possibilities, Lord. You see all things from beginning to end. But Lord, we operate by faith and trust, and so we've got to get there. We've got to get there, but Lord, I hope we can open our minds to you more, get to know you more. I pray it and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, everybody one more time said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Amen. A mark of maturity is the ability to conceive and plan uh, projects or a task and, and ultimately see it through, um, comes to a point where you and I have to realize that something has to have completion in our lives. Now, I feel a little bit convicted as I say these words because I have got many incomplete tasks in my life. Tara keeps a running list on her phone. That wasn't a joke. That's why you didn't laugh. It wasn't a joke. But, but the reality is that difficulties demand all kinds of things, and obstacles come, and we get readjusted because of different details and different things that arise. But someone who's operating in the maturity of your field or someone who's operating in the maturity of the task understands that I, as, as obstacles come, I might have to adjust. I might have to look at it from a different uh, uh, perspective. I might have to find another way to get this done. The world has many uh, dreamers and, and many people on a, a journey to try their best to, to reach a certain place. But the problem is right now is that young people in our world are being taught to dream but not to complete. That's what we got. We got a lot going on. And don't, don't mistaken, don't think that, that, the, that the, 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 the things that are being taught to our young people are not affecting the church. There's a reason why this is happening. There's a reason why these things are taking place. They are taking place to try their best 
to try to separate our young generations. It's been going on for years, but try to separate us from the principles of the Word of God and also to separate us from the obedience of of fulfilling what the Lord has called us to do in our lives. And they've also taught us to say the first hard time that comes your way, bail on all of your commitments and bail on all your promises and flee responsibility and go search out the easier path. It's, 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 It's happened. It's happened in every area. It's happened in many, many different small areas, but it's happening in, in large areas. It's, there's, the lack of commitment is, is a real thing today. And, and we find here where, where we, we see where there's a, a, a struggle in the Jewish nation at this time. They, they find that they were longing to uh, get an answer from the Lord, and they were trying their best to reason out all the things that might have been taking place, but yet they were looking to say, has the Lord lost interest in us? Has the Lord come to a point where he seems to have lost interest in us as a people? They were people as Really, as immature as we are, there were people that when things were good, it was good. When things were great, things are great. But when things were bad, things are bad. Things are not good. Nothing good comes of anything that seems to be bad. But I want to just try my best to, to encourage you today to let you know that the Lord does not work in man's economy. The, door, the Lord does not work uh, according to the weather. He doesn't work according to our finances. He doesn't work according to our situations on the job or our situations in life. He doesn't work according to how our relationships are. No, he works separate from all those things. What he's longing for is an obedient, and as it was taught this morning, an obedient person who says no matter what, may come. I know God can work it out. I know he can work it out. I know that there's something that can take place in my life. And we find this, this uh, scripture to have great insight. There was, a, um, uh, um, there was an awareness of the goodness of God and there was an awareness of the faithfulness of God that we have to take note of. And I want you to look at this with me. And, and we're going to kind of just read this again a little bit. But there's, a, there's an alertness that comes. And it lets us know in verse 27 and speaks to us and tells us in summary, God is greater than any circumstance within us. Many times we put our circumstances on a pedestal and we place God in a closet when things get great. But, but the, the prophet begins to remind him to say that he's greater than any circumstance that you and I have. And instead of praising the Lord, the nation was simply complaining to him. The nation was calling out all the bad things and acted as though he did not see them or hear them. And, and they, were, they were making him aware of their problems. And they were expressing ongoing concern of all the bad things. Does it sound like just mankind in general? It's the reality. It's just you and I. This is real talk. The good news for you is God's chosen people are acting like God's current people. We're just struggling. Things aren't good. I was wanting some rain, but not this much rain. Now I can't do anything. Lord, I prayed for rain, but I didn't know I had to send a specific order in. I wanted like an inch and a half, but I got six inches of rain. 
I had plans on Saturday and it ruined my day. And oftentimes we get ourselves caught up in the cycle of complaint. And then we feel like after a while, you, you think those small things don't matter, but the small things become a place where you live, and you live in this world of, well, not only was that it, but really now this is the case, and now that's the case. And we find ourselves living in this climate of complaining where it's so large and so broad that it really affects our faith, and it affects who we are, and it affects, it affects what we have going on. And the people of Israel were here, here in this moment where they knew what God had been calling them to do. They knew the relationship they had to have, but they were looking at the road before them and not seeing an open door, but rather they were seeing constraints and they were seeing a lack of response. And the lack of response was not God lacking to respond. The lack of response was God's people lacking to have faith to see God on a day when the sun wasn't shining, knowing the sun is still there. The sun is still there, but I've allowed something to come into your life. And he says to them, why do you say, oh, Jacob, and speak, oh, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over my by God. Why do you feel as if he is longing to do anything but to hear you? Have you not known, and have you not heard, and he speaks the truth, the everlasting God, the Lord, and he goes on a little farther to remind them, the creator of the ends of the earth neither faints nor is weary. He is not tired. He is not worn down. He is not taking a break from his people. He has not said, give me a moment to myself. No, he is not a man that he should be weary. He's not a man that he should faint. He's a God. He's a God that's above all, in all, and through all. And what he's telling us is, don't judge God by man's ways. Don't do it. Isaiah, here in this text, is telling us that you've got to be reminded. There's a moment in your life where you've got to be reminded. There's a moment in your life where I've got to tell you one more time that the Lord is not tired. Let me tell somebody in here today, and I've talked about it recently, but some of us have walked in with prayer requests day in and uh, day in and day out, the same one. And you felt at times, is the Lord tired of this prayer request? Is the Lord tired of me calling on Him? Is the Lord tired of me reminding Him of my need? Is the Lord weary with me? I've come today to tell you he is not tired and he is not weary he is not fainting and he is not worn down he's not turning his ear from you he's not looking the other way he's not pulled down the glass on you he's not closed up shop no I've come to tell you he is not tired and he's not weary his understanding is unsearchable he's beyond anything we could ever comprehend he is not operating by man's laws or man's Man's ways, but he's a man all by himself in a way all by himself, and he has everlasting endurance of patience and care and worry on us and, and where we are. He likes to know that we care about taking our needs to him. If you don't think he didn't have emotions, then you have to look and understand when Mary and Martha came and began to talk to Jesus. And the scripture says Jesus wept. It tells us he is touched by our cares. He's touched by our feelings. We find that we have not a high priest who cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but we yet with, uh, but, but was, was moved by us. I'm not going to quote it correctly right now. When I quote it out there, I can do fine here. I'm going to struggle. That's the case. But without 
while he was, he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So it tells us, let us come boldly. Why? Because his ways are unsearchable. His ways are beyond our thinking. His ways are beyond what we could possibly comprehend. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited. This I told myself to hold back a little bit today. I told myself just to restrain a little bit, but I get excited because I want to remind you. I want to tell you that I don't care if it's a five-day need or a five-year need or a ten-year need. I want to tell you, you take it to him again tomorrow. You take it to him again tomorrow. You go to him again tomorrow. And you go to him on Tuesday. And you get up on Wednesday and you go to the Lord. And you go again on Thursday. He's not tired of hearing from you. He's not tired of hearing about your kids. He's not tired of hearing about your worries. He's not tired. He is a God that wants to be a part of your every day. Is a God that wants to see it fulfilled in your life. We're talking about, uh, this is weird to talk about a God and use the term of maturity. But this is not the case in the way we understand it. What this is talking about, this word maturity as we would apply it to the scripture. He's talking about seeing it fully developed. See, the Lord wants and desires for you and I to see the need and let it be carried out. Because he operates that way. He desires for something to be fully complete. He desires for a moment of completion in your life. But oftentimes, we apply uh, uh, the Word of God only to Jesus and say, well, that, that, that was him. If we look at our lives and we look at our struggles and we look at where we are and we don't look at what he went through, you think that, that here he is, lived a great childhood, lived a life, then lived a life of scorn, lived a life of, of, of people turning on him, went through the scourging, went through the beating, went through cross, uh, the cross of Calvary, was, was laid lifeless, rose again, ascended into heaven. You see a story that is a story that would have turns and twists, but yet you see a moment where he looked up and he said these words, it is finished. Why? Because the maturity of the plan came to pass. And what I've simply come to tell somebody today is it's not finished for you yet. It's not finished for you yet. There is not a moment where there's a period in your life yet, but you will have a moment where you look back and you say, I know things look bad. I know things looked rough, but I never gave up on him. I realized he was a God that did not faint. I realized that he's a God that's not weary. And there will be a moment where you'll look back and you'll say, now his work is complete in my life. God knows how we feel and he knows how we fear. Let me just speak a little word to you right now. And he is adequate to fulfill our every need. He desires, he desires to do that in our lives. He desires to do a work. Now, I didn't say you're every want, so don't get them confused. But I did say you're every need. I, I, I feel strongly this morning. There's some that I walked in and you feel as if it's just not going to change. And I've come to speak against the doubt this morning. 
I've come to talk against the doubt for a moment this morning. I've come to try to wake you up a little bit. I've, tr- I've come trying to, 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 to bring awareness to you. I know some have been searching for answers. You've been searching for a way. You've been searching, and I use that word uh, um, intentionally. You've literally been searching, trying your best to find a way, and you feel a little bit like maybe God has forsaken you. Somehow, somewhere, you were led to believe that he did not hear you any longer, that he did not care any longer. And I'm as, as, as serious as I can be this morning, I feel strongly that someone needs to know that he is a God who hears. He is a God who is just. He is a God that sees. He is a God that knows how you feel. He knows how you feel. Philippians 4.13, I want you to look at this text with me this morning. It simply says this, and it's a, it's, a, it's a banner that we often live by, but I want you to not be so, so aware of it that we make it so common that we don't live by this. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. That ought to to get you excited a little bit. I know it's it's quoted often. I know it's, it's on walls in your grandma's kitchen. I know you've got it. One of the only scriptures maybe that highlighted in your Bible as a young child. Other than the time you got a little wild with the pen and just decided to highlight a lot of stuff. But it's also something that should remind you, remind you that he is a God that sees and a God that brings power and a God that gives strength and a God who can change any situation. I want to, I want to tell you real fast, and I've, I've told this recently, but I, when I was out of school in Indianapolis and I went up to Ohio, and a pastor was going to the Philippines for a while, and his large, his great church in Ohio, there was about five, six hundred people that morning on Sunday, and he asked me to preach for like three or four weeks for him, so I was living there on their the house on their property, and I was preaching Wednesday and Sunday, and I'll never forget, on a Sunday morning, like the third Sunday that we were there, I, I, I saw the place just erupt, I mean, it, we're talking about people everywhere just begin to just break out and worship, and I, I was sitting over here by the assistant pastor, and I got up, and I said, man, what, what, what just happened? I must have missed something. And all of a sudden, when I looked up, she said, uh, um, he, he said, and he, he was all excited. And he said, that man, because I saw a dart of orange cross the front of the, of the uh, sanctuary. And some of you remember the story, but I didn't know what had just happened. I would met a man a few weeks before who would come in. And he was so bent over that he would sit, and he had to have two chairs because he would sit. His back was so um, displaced from an accident that happened like 10 years prior to that, and he didn't have the proper care. And so he had now found himself bent over. When he'd walk in, he was like 32, 33 years old, but he'd walk in, he was leaning over like this, and he couldn't look up, so he'd sit down in a chair, and he was, his head was up. He'd come into the church many times, and he'd, he'd get discouraged, and he'd come back, and he'd get discouraged, and he'd come back. And one day, we went to Steak and Shake right there beside the church, and he had to pull a chair beside him and place his, his food on that chair beside him because he couldn't reach up to the table so he would talk to you and he would eat his food on the chair beside him and that's where his plate would rest and all of a sudden I see a flash of orange and I didn't really catch it because he had already made his way past my view and I said what happened and they said that the man the man that is handicapped with his back that's locked up they said he was just now running across the front altar area that's him in the back going around that building and I said wait the man that can't stand straight they said yes and I can't remember his name 
game now. And I said, wait a second, let me make sense of this. And what happened is he got so excited in the last song that he just gave it his best shot. And he said, it felt as if shackles in his back broke off. Every bit of tension and every bit of pain just shattered. And I've come to tell somebody today, if it's been 10 years, if it's been 10 years, he is a God that is not weary. And he's a God who does not faint. He's a God that is aware and concerned. He's a God that sees. And he's a God that desires to do a work in your life. That's what he is. He's a God that wants to. He's a God that desires to. There's a more to this text, a little more, and I'm going to hurry along. I'm excited about, we've got a baptism today. I'm excited about what the Lord's going to do, but I want you to hear this right now. And I want you to know this is a word spoken to you today. This is a word directly to your spirit. He gives power to the weak. He gives power, in verse 29 says, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. You, you hear what I'm telling you this morning? To those who came in with a deficit on your power today, I've got good news for you. He'll pump it in like, like, like you're pulling up to the gas station. He'll give you the power you need. You feel low? He's going to go ahead, but you got to pull up to the pump. you got to make a payment in the, in the, and, and, and believe and have faith. I'm going to make it. He's going to make it. And the good news for you is he goes farther, and he does that very thing. He gives those who have no mind. He increases the strength that you might need. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. He says that even those that are young, even those that are young that feel like they have all the zeal in the world, there's only so far they can run. Even those that are young feel like they can go forever. The fact is, even they're going to get tired. Even they're going to grow weary. Even it's going to happen for them. Even that will happen. He says this, but those who what? Wait. Those who wait on the Lord. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean for those who wait? Does that mean I... We're not talking about the holy waiting room. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about the, the holy pause. Now, I agree that there's many times where you should pause. We talked about that a little Wednesday night. Sometimes you've got to stop talking and let the Lord talk to you. But what am I talking about on the holy wait? John Michael, come here for a minute. Can you, can you wait on me? Okay, go get me some tissue down there real quick if you can. John Michael, actually, can you go give me my wife's purse? She's probably got my wallet in there. Can you grab my, my purse? Thank you, John Michael. Come here real quick. Come here. Thank you so much. Oh, John, hey, come here. Come here. Really can you? 
can you go tell Brother Eric that those kids are going to grow up eventually and it won't be this hard forever? I'm just kidding. Come here, come here. Come here. I need you real fast. Can you, can you take, I, I took Corey's pen. Can you take that pen to Brother Corey back there in the back? Do you mind? I need you, I need you to get a little help. Can you do that? Hurry, please. I need that to be quick. He needs that red pen really, really bad. <clears throat> Hurry back if you can. Hurry back. Wait, 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 I forgot. I had to make one more note. Go get that pen for me real quick. Hurry, real quick. This is the last thing. I need it real fast, and then you can take it. But hurry, I need you to hurry. We got to be quick. We got to be urgent. Come on back. Come on back. Thank you. Thank you. Now listen, what I need you to do, I know you're tired. I know you're weary a little bit. I'm going to hear. It's not been touched. Don't worry. Here, I want you to kind of just, I know you're tired. You've been running. Go ahead. You're scared like it's magic water that I put something in. No, I'm just kidding. It's safe, I promise you. Straight from the pond, it's safe. Here's what I want you to get. Waiting on the Lord is not, no, waiting on the Lord is, we got to feed the kids on Wednesday night. Okay, I'm going to make sure. we got to take care of this. i got to go here. And my neighbor needs something. I'm going to go make sure that they're okay. I know, I know they've never been to church, but the Bible doesn't say wait on those that maybe just come to your church. No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to love people. I'm going to love people and take care of people. So uh, what does that mean? The Lord says if you've done it unto He says you're doing it unto me. You're doing it unto me. You're... You're loving me when you do it unto somebody else. You're loving. What does it mean? If you need strength, then maybe you should wait on the Lord. If you need some power in your life, then maybe you should love somebody. Maybe you should take that look off your face and love somebody and know that even when I do it under John Michael, he says, you've done it under me. Even when I take care of the person in the, in the parking lot of Walmart, he says, even then, you've done it unto me. What I've come to tell somebody today is if you feel tired, if you feel weak, then you ought to wait. You ought to wait. You ought to wait. You ought to wait on the Lord. And it says a little farther, help me out, sister. Caitlin, help me out. Tell me. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. What does that mean? That means simply this. Help me out real fast. Take that old tired jacket off. I know you've been carrying a lot. I know you feel tired. I know you feel weary. And I know this one fits a whole lot better than my brand new one you're about to get. But here's the reality. It doesn't say that I'm going to take up anything that's tattered and weary and, and, and worn down, John Michael. It doesn't say that I'm going to mend it up. It doesn't say I'm going to put a patch on it. No, when it says renew, it means simply this. To take off that which is old and put on that which is new. It's not just saying that I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you something else old and I'm not just going to try to put it all back together. No, what this renew means, what it means is I'm taking your old strength that was lacking and I'm giving you brand. Somebody hear me right now. Somebody hear the word of the Lord right now. Somebody receive this right now. You felt tired and you felt weary and you feel broken. The Lord wants to take off that which is old and he wants to put on you that which is brand new, that which is complete, and that which is right for you. It says, 
It says they shall mount up with wings as eagles. If you study out an eagle, an eagle can be to a point that's so mind-boggling high. An eagle can fly so high in the air. I wish I had the numbers in front of me. You can do a quick Google search and verify what I'm telling you. But an eagle can fly so high, but it can spot a small animal running across the ground. And it can drop at a speed that will make your mind absolutely, absolutely blow. The Lord says, I'm going to give you the best of the best. I'm going to give you a span to allow you to move quickly. I'm going to give you something that will give you a chance to go quickly to the answer. Everything you need, you'll be able to spot it. You'll be able to go get it. You'll have all the power to do everything you need to do. And it goes, it goes to the key. It goes to the power here. And now it goes, it goes beyond what he's going to place on you. And now it talks about what he's going to take from you. He said, I'm taking weariness. And I'm taking the fact that you might get faint away from you. He said, I'm giving you some things. But oftentimes we worry so much about what the Lord's giving us. And we forget about what we could possibly give to the Lord. He says, I'm taking it away. I'm taking it. Why? Because I want you to be able to run and not be weary. I want you to get past the point of feeling weary. I want someone in this room to know you don't have to walk in every service feeling weary. I understand the situation's great, and I understand you face a lot of things, but I also am trying my best to tell you the Lord wants to meet you at your need, and He wants to take away the weariness, and He wants to give you the chance to know that you can walk and not faint. You can go at a pace that you know you can operate from now on. He wants to take something from you as much as he wants to put something on you. So all I've come today to say is you have to wait. Wait on the Lord. I want want someone to hear me right now. He's not tired of your needs. He's not tired of your requests. He's not tired of what you brought to him. No, he's looking and longing that you'd come one more time. One more time. I want to do a work in your life, but I need to get you where you need to be. I want to make it to where you know that you're not going to be too weary. I want to make it to where you know you can make it. I want to make it to where you know it's going to be all right. I want to make it to where you know I'm going to make a way where there seems to be. No way. Would you close your eyes to him right now? Would you close your eyes and lift your head and just say, Lord, I need you. I need you to help me, God. I need you to do work in my life. I need your strength. I need your power. I need your promise, God. I pray in Jesus' name. They're about to sing and we're going to open this altar. I would challenge anybody in this house that has walked in feeling heavy. You've walked in feeling weary. Not to make a spectacle out of you, but I think everyone in this room would feel at some point what you're feeling right now. And I want to encourage you to walk down. And I want to ask you right now, would you be willing to say, God, put on me what you desire to put on me. And take from me what you desire to take from me. From me. Come on, these altars are open. These altars are open. I believe we ought to take a moment now and respond to the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus